guys welcome to the decode podcast in this series we bring you conversations with our leaders who talk about their experiences and best practices to solve new age business challenges they will be covering trending topics and will share stories around different technologies such as cloud web development blockchain mobile and various bpm tools to know more stay tuned with us Hello guys I am Mukul your host for the day welcome to the ninth episode of the decode podcast today we will be talking about java and discuss the trends and stories surrounding the language for this we have today with us two of our expert solution engineers omer and anushka hi guys please introduce yourselves to our listeners hi guys I am Amir Hussain and I am a senior solution engineer at Decode and I have around 2 years of experience in Java and surrounding backend engineering technologies. Hi everyone, I am Anushka Solanki. I am a solution engineer at Decode and I have over 2 years of experience in Java. So guys, why don't we begin by talking about how you got to learn and know about Java and how your journey has been so far? Sure, so ironically I started out as a Java developer by accident. After joining my first company as a fresher and after initial learning period i was de- uh, deployed in a java based project and i didn't even know that i have ended up as a java based project although i had some knowledge of java i was clueless about backend engineering in general and the java ecosystem and actually uh, building scalable enterprise solutions so there began my journey i am totally self taught and uh, the most of my knowledge in java comes from experience whenever i encountered something new i looked up to internet for its solution uh, there are a vast variety of resources that i used Uh, official documentation by Oracle, YouTube videos, uh, Java Point, W three schools, to name a few, and uh, the learning curve has been pretty steep. However, I must say, yeah. So my journey is a bit different. Uh, most of the things were planned. I started my coding with C plus plus, and then was introduced to Java during my engineering. So I started learning Java with the help of some YouTube videos and practiced on online platforms like HackerRank. After the, this, I covered uh, advanced Java part, that is the enterprise edition, JQEE, which consisted of topics like database connectivity, web service, servlets. After learning this, I created huge projects in Java like the banking system, a bulk SMS sending system, web medicine management system. These were very basic projects, but eventually helped me to understand the huge enterprise project and its structure easily on which I'm currently working on. uh yes uh, and i believe you need to develop projects to get proper hands on experience with the language as well uh so how is java different from other majorly known backend languages if i may ask okay it's a bit of a tech heavy explanation but i will try to explain it in easy language the main difference is that java is platform independent in java the source code is first converted to a bytecode on the java compiler This bytecode is presented in a .dot class file, and this .dot class file is platform independent. Also, the bytecode is non-executable code and needs an interpreter to execute on a machine. Uh, apart from what Anushka mentioned, uh, Java is a statically typed compiled language, which makes it faster than a dynamically typed language, as for example Python. Although Python finds its utilities in uh, streams like data science and automation, but it's still rarely used in developing complex backend services. Uh, because a similar operation for which Java takes somewhere about two CPU cycles, Python require will require almost seventy six. Java also has an excellent support for concurrency and multi-threading, which means that concurrent execution of two or more threads for a, for the maximum utilization of the CPU. 
which again is something that uh, other mainstream programming languages like C++ lacks. I mean, the the uh, better support for concurrency and multi-threading. Although they also have some limited support for the same. Okay. Uh, so, do any big organizations use Java as their bedrock development language? And definitely. Java is most often used to build large-scale enterprise-level applications. Uh, most of Amazon's backend in Java, for example. Uh, in fact, the founder of Java, uh, James Gosling, is one of the only 14 distinguished engineers at Amazon. Not only is Java used for website and mobile uh, rapid application development, but also uh, domains like internet, big data, insurance companies use Java as one of their core technologies. Uh, big mouths like IBM, Netflix, eBay, Airbnb, and Pinterest are to name a few. And apart from that, finance is another major domain that is powered by the Java-based backend systems. Most of financial software used by big players like the Citigroup, Barclays, etc. are Java-based. Okay, so basically, features like platform independence, multi-threading, and the fact that Java is easy to learn makes it one of the preferred languages for web development. There are several famous companies in addition that depends on Java like Netflix and PayPal due to the security and simplicity Java offers. Uber also uses Java for handling all its ride requests and for transferring data. Since the Uber application has uh, a lot of real-time data involved, Java helps to sort the data seamlessly and match users quickly. In addition to the features of Java, it has long-term support. And that means that a software edition can be maintained for several months or years. All these factors give Java an edge and renowned companies like Spotify and Twitter still rely on Java. Uh, well, those are some of the biggest names in the tech world, I must say. Uh, moving forward, I would like to discuss it a bit more. Uh, like, What are the most used Java frameworks and what are their respective functions in Java's popularity? Okay, so uh, when it comes to Java-based frameworks, Spring is by far the most popular and widely used one. So much so that Java development and Spring have become somewhat analogous among, among the developers' community and they go hand-in-hand hand in today's uh, day and age. Uh, Spring Framework is an open source, lightweight, easy to build framework that can be that can also be considered as a framework of frameworks because it houses various frameworks like dependency injection, Spring MVC, Spring JDBC, Spring Hibernate, uh, Spring AOP, EJB, JSF, Java Server Faces, etc. Uh, the most important module of Spring by far is Spring Boot, which is uh, which actually makes Java application development ridiculously simple and straightforward. Spring Boot makes it easy for the developers to use the core features of Spring like batch, dependency injection, security, web integration, etc. without the need of any XML-based configuration whatsoever thanks to its auto-configuration feature. And uh, apart from that, it also comes with, with an addition of an embedded HTTP server and annotation-based configuration makes it easier to understand and makes that process of development much faster. So, as Umar mentioned, the significance of Spring for Java development can be overstated. However, apart from Spring, there are other important frameworks too, which have a role in making Java this popular. Hibernate, Struts, uh, Google Web Toolkit, Asam. Hibernate ORM is a stable object relational mapping framework for Java. It makes better communication possible between the Java programming language and the Relational Database Management System, that is RDBMS. Struts is another enterprise-level framework maintained by the Apache Software Foundation, primarily used for development of an MVC-based web application. Uh, okay, so a pretty wide library, uh, I'd say. 
before recording this podcast, uh, I was reading about Java, and one of the most popular questions that I saw was uh, that it is being compared with C plus plus. So why is that? Uh, I mean, as I believe, they are uh, pretty different from one another. Uh, yeah, well, C plus plus is a is a widely popular language among the coders community for its efficiency, high speed, and dynamic memory utilization. Uh, Java is widely used in the IT industry, and it is incomparable to any other programming language in terms of software development. Uh, uh, despite both of them, I mean, both C plus plus and Java being object oriented, statically typed, and compiled programming languages, they still have a tons of differences between one another. Uh, where C plus plus makes use of pointers to access the memory dynamically. Java uses a process named garbage collection to make the memory management autonomous and hassle-free for the developer. Java source code is converted into machine code in two steps, taking the platform configuration into account by C++ does so in one go. This makes Java plot platform independent, whereas C++ remains platform dependent. Apart from that, C++ separates the source code into header files and implementation files, which makes it somewhat complicated. However, with Java, there is just one. Uh, and that file is .java file uh, followed by one .class extension class file what we also call uh, call as class file apart from this portability uh, dynamic linking support for multi-threading and reflection are other areas in which java excels c++ uh, however i must say uh, there is a caveat here and that in terms of raw speed and performance uh, and there is still a modern object oriented programming language that is yet to even come close to c++ of course, both the languages are very different. They have their own set of use cases. Java is used in web development, enterprise application. On the other hand, C++ is a low-level language used to power hardware and low-level programs such as device drivers and network analysis tools. And when it comes to security, Java is more secure than compared to C++. C++ runs on the actual processor in your computer, whereas Java runs on a virtual processor which in turn runs on the actual processor of your computer. Thus, the Java program never gets access to the hardware of your PC directly. This makes it more secure than C++ by limiting the system resources that a Java program can require. Another way these two languages differ is compatibility with other high-level languages. C++ is built on C and is compatible with most high-level programming languages. It is easy to create patches and supplement pieces of client-side code with C++. Java is a bit rigid and requires additional modules to achieve the compatibility. Uh, okay, so I think Java is the clear winner. Uh, I don't have to Google it anymore now. Uh, so I personally love gaming. And my next question would be related to that only. So, uh, like, is Java the preferred language to develop games? Uh, if so, what are the popular games programmed in Java? Well, honestly, that is not the case. Java is a versatile language commonly used by small game development companies. It has powered some of the world's top iOS and Android games, including Minecraft and Mission Impossible 3. Java does power some small uh, some small uh, processing prowess games uh, that run on iOS and Android. However, Java is actually a cross-platform language, so it runs nearly on any system including uh, Microsoft or Linux. However, game development is one of the domains that is not the primary USP of Java. It is not the primary domain where Java finds its applications and you won't find many AAA titles that are powered by Java. Totally agree with Umair on this. Nowadays, games do not use any programming language directly as such for the development. Instead, they use uh, game engines 
and this engines are made using C++ and Java. Uh, but there are a few engines which are uh, written in Java, like JMonkey and LibGDX, which are free and open source to develop games on it. Uh, but uh, they do not use directly Java. But uh, a very popular game, if you know Minecraft, was uh, written completely in Java without the support of any game engine. But they struggled with optimization as the new level of blocks were added to the game. Developers then rewrote the whole code in C++ and now two versions of Minecraft exist, uh, one in Java and other in C++. Uh, okay, not completely, we can use it for... Uh making a game, right? Uh, okay, I have another question with me. So, I've heard a correlation between Python and Java as many projects involve Python packages and Java libraries. Uh, what's the best way to combine both languages or the optimal way, if I could say, to call Python functions from Java? So, Python is an increasingly popular programming language, particularly in the scientific community due to its rich variety of numerical and statistical packages. Uh, so, it's not very uncommon to be a requirement of uh, invoking the Python code from our Java application. When this method is using JPON, uh, we use the pluggable script engine architecture for any dynamic language if it has a JVM implementation. JPON is the uh, Java platform and implementation of Python which runs on the JVM. Assuming that we have JTON on the class path, the framework will automatically discover that we have the possibility of using the scripting engine and enables us to ask for the Python script engine directly. Since it is available for um, from Maven Central, we can just include in it in our form.xml. But it is not the most efficient way to invoke Python directly from within the JVM. Uh, my preferred way is to use a well-established protocol like HTTP as an abstraction layer between the two different languages. In Python, we can get an endpoint by using a simple built-in HTTP server, which we can use for sharing content or files over HTTP. Once we have an endpoint, we can use uh, any one of the several Java HTTP libraries to invoke our Python web service or the application implementation. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, nowadays I think Python is involved in pretty much everything, uh, I guess. So, moving forward, uh, I I just wanted to ask one more frequently asked question uh, about the set technology on Google. So, uh, and it was which concept is more important in Java? Okay, so if we talk from uh, uh, from a fresher standpoint or for the use of someone for the use cases of, of someone who is just starting out in the field of software development, uh, in Java, uh, the basic concepts of object-oriented programming language, uh, that is the OOPS concepts, they are still by far the most important concepts that are very important for any entry-level level programmer to master because those are the building blocks of a larger uh, of a larger building that a enterprise-level software is. Uh, learning important supporting tools and frameworks like Spring Boot annotations, JPA, any or any other ORM structure or any other um, object relational mapping uh, framework, uh, database connectivity design patterns are still a close second. Uh, importance of learning collections, sets, maps, lists, etc. That also can't be uh, overstated. Uh, okay, so like every other programming language, uh, there must be a community for Java as well, right? So what is the Java community like? And how do you guys stay updated with the latest trends in the language? Uh, Java is a mature language. It has been around since decades. So the resources to learn Java are the most easily and readily available and accessible. Uh, since Java is so widely adopted and has been around for so long, the community support for Java that is on Stack Overflow primarily, it provides simply unmatched to any other programming language. 
solution to any. Uh, yes, any error is just a Google search away. This is why I would say that the process of developing and learning is not decoupled for me. Rather, both go hand in hand. Uh, there are a number of amazing resources that one can use to learn and uh, remain updated with the latest trends in this amazing technology. Uh, YouTube videos are uh, one such resource, definitely. And then there are certain beneficial websites like Java Point, W3Schools, Geeks for Geeks that can be a go-to for anyone, be it an entry-level developer or a, or a senior software engineer. Uh, not to mention the amazing documentation that Oracle provides for Java for all the libraries and custom classes of Java. So Java is a strong, popular and reliable programming language and it is used widely around the world. So whether you are a Java newbie or a seasoned professional with 20 years of experience, as Umair also mentioned, you can benefit from Java user groups and forums. The Java community helps a lot to keep up with the latest trends in Java. After Java 8, an agile way was adopted and now a new version is released every 6 months. Aurita also started to collect feedback related to some new features by publishing them as previews. So you can understand and discuss these new features with your Java community. There are plenty of great resources to get developers started. I also face bloggers while working on my current project and all of the tutorials and the blog posts and videos out there help me to get up and running real quickly. Perfect. So, to conclude, what do you think the future of programming in Java looks like? Well, uh, programming languages come and go, but only few of them claim the popularity and longevity that Java has claimed. Uh, why does Java remain so popular even after 30 years of its inception? Uh, the short answer is that because Java is a well-rounded programming language with an extensive set of libraries that can be used to solve challenging pr uh, programming problems and to solve literally any business problem pretty easily. Java offers an unprecedented combination of performance, productivity and observability. It's the right choice for applications that require uh, high performance, security and the maintenance needs to be supported for many years into the future and an extensive developer base with an in-depth knowledge of the platform. Uh, while Java continues to innovate, the stewards of the language work hard to ensure that the code written today will still compile into, into the bytecode and would run successfully on a server that was built in, for example, in 2005. Java's commitment to backward compatibility instills confidence in the architects and designers uh, who need to choose a language that, will, uh, that can support their organization's needs for the long term. Few languages remain popular over a 30 period time frame. But as Java continues to innovate, continues to be adopted and continues to prove itself as an effective programming language for development on a wide variety of new programming fronts, there is absolutely no reason to think that, that Java won't remain a dominant force in the software development industry for another 30 years and beyond. Yeah, so I also believe Java has and will continue to have a very good future. Software that involve, that solves specific purposes, uh, be it ERPs, CRMs, cloud internal software, etc. have been built using Java. Since this has taken uh, years to build them, they will continue to use them and now and also in the future. And with each release, Java is adding new and relevant features to itself. I think things which can continue to make Java relevant and a great platform going forward is the community, the user groups, the libraries, the framework. With so many new features already lined up for release, even eye on the features that have been deprecated or to be removed, developers will need to react fast, like to avoid using it so as to avoid the huge migration headaches in the early days. In Java 20, the next 
plan version of Java has its first feature proposal that is the pattern matching for switch statements. Developers will need to stay on their toes as more Java updates are brought out in the next few years. Uh, so, in accordance to what I have heard today, uh, I do think Java has a pretty good future ahead as a backend language and uh, many more projects will definitely flourish on it in the future. So, thank you guys for joining us today. It was a very insightful discussion with some really good statistics and stories about your respective experiences. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. We had fun discussing it. So thank you all for listening. This is Mukul from the Decode Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the summary in the show notes. You can also follow us on our social media handle. The handle is Decode Solutions, spelled as D-E-Q-O-D-E. If you have any questions, feedback, or just want to reach out and suggest a topic, do not hesitate. Don't forget to share this episode and get early access to upcoming ones by subscribing to The Decode Podcast.